Hi, my name is Carlos Lopez. I am the Global Programs Director for Magicians Without Borders, and I want to welcome you to Magicians Without Borders Conversations, a space where I get to sit down in a weekly basis with some of Magicians Without Borders staff, volunteers, and friends to speak about different subjects. And today is our first episode where I get to sit down with Tom Werner, our founder, and get to hear some amazing stories about how this NGO got started. So please enjoy this, our first episode of Magicians Without Borders Conversations. This is our first installment of Magicians Without Borders Conversations, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we're trying out everything new for the first time, the software, the lights, the, the everything. So we'll see how it goes today. And we're going to start with what I should have started. It's a little scene. Here we go. Perfect. And now with me, it's uh, the one and only Tom Berner. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hi, Carlos. How are you? Good, good. A little bit stressed out with all this technology. Me too. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, this is very cool to, to start this new thing uh, with Magicians Without Borders, uh, this idea of, of conversations. Um, this idea is just to, you know, uh, have a relaxed conversation between whoever it's on, on, on one space and uh, try to inspire through conversations about our work. So um, if anybody is listening, uh, we would love to, to see the comments on, on the Facebook uh, live. We'll see, we're seeing some, some thumbs up and some hearts on it, so thank you a lot. We would love to interact through the comments so that we get used to uh, doing this. So let me just do this. Uh, so hello, everyone. Okay, so hey, Felipe just said hello. Thank you, Felipe. Uh, so, Felipe, no? Como si no pudiera hablar español. So, Tom, so uh, please tell everybody um, so a little bit about you and what you do and what your role is here in Magicians Without Borders. Okay. Well, uh, I'm very happy to be here to talk with you, Carlos, uh, about whatever it is we're going to be talking about. I'm looking forward to it. Um, maybe I could begin by saying um, my life has followed three different paths. I've been um, a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, and a college professor, and a magician. And uh, that went for many years in my life. And then in 2001, all three of those paths, the psychologist, the teacher, and the magician came together when I was inspired to start Magicians Without Borders. Because 
Magicians Without Borders calls on uh, the psychologist because we work uh, with kids who are very marginalized and have been um, victims of lots of trauma and difficulties and poverty and injustice in their lives. And we do teaching, we teach them. And obviously we're teaching them magic and performing magic around the world because our mission is to entertain, educate, and empower forgotten people, especially forgotten, uh, marginalized uh, children around the world. So, okay. yeah, yeah, go on. So, um, we had been talking earlier about uh, what we call social magic. So, in yeah, ways, what, 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 or how would you define a social magic, or what is social, or the, the term, you know, social magic to you? I think um, lots of magicians really don't understand uh, what a powerful tool they have being yeah. a magician to actually change the world, not just to do birthday parties or corporate shows or, or whatever, which all of which is terrific. And we need to do those kind of things. And that brings a lot of happiness and wonder and income to magicians. It's, it's fantastic. But there's this other aspect of magic that, um, I think Magicians Without Borders embodies. And that is, uh, for me, summed up in a quote that I've quoted many times from the great um, magician Harry Houdini, who was himself a refugee from Hungary. Uh, he fled Hungary because Jews once again were being persecuted in Hungary. And he became a magician. And he once said that when I do my magic for people in difficult situations, my magic not only amazes and amuses, but it awakens hope that the impossible is possible. So my idea of social magic is that the folks we perform for around the world in refugee camps and orphanages and in very poor neighborhoods like Ciudad Bolivar in, in uh, your city, uh, Bogota in Colombia, um, those people, um, they feel their lives um, aren't going anywhere necessarily. They don't see a lot of possibility for the future. And somehow learning magic, learning to do the impossible, it awakens hope in them and dreams that they can do things with their lives that they didn't think were possible. So that's my idea of what we're doing with what we call social magic. 
Awesome. Very, very great. What do you think social magic is? Yeah, I, I think, well, of course, the, the basis of it, it's just exactly the same as you. Uh, I love that quote that you just said uh, of Harry Houdini and, and, and how, how you, when, when, when you, when you, I think that social magic is trying to, to, to make a reality what we dream of or perform as magic. So like to actually do, um, to the, make the impossible become possible in, in an impossible quote unquote situa situation. And, and, and for me, social magic is, is, you know, using that tool, that power that magicians have to, you know, turn a, 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 somebody's day around like this with a, with, a, with a performance or inspire their, their, their dreams. But to do that in places where where magic is it's it's, it's not only uh, not accessible but not permitted in some way like 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 you're not allowed to to feel awe or you're not allowed uh -huh. to, to 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 dream or you're not or it's, you're not supposed to because you feel oppressed you feel marginalized you feel uh, I, I think that's the the, the 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 essence of social magic. It's Bringing magic to to somewhere that 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 can use all the 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 input that magic can give them, and of course uh, we've seen it seen it in multiple places in multiple uh, locations, uh, uh, and 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 for me social magic is it's it's also trying to 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 broaden the, the the power that magic has right trying to to use it for more inspiration and for more for creating more possibilities that's why i love uh, what magicians without borders purpose is which is using magic to create a just world full of possibility in communities around the world i i, I feel that magic can have that power you know the power to create a just world and we can uh, achieve it, and we've seen it in the places that we've performed and, and, and taught at, a, a, where lives are starting to transform, and, and the mindset of our students is starting to change, and their communities are starting to change. So I think that's, that's exactly what, what, what we're doing, is the embodiment of, of social magic. So Tom, I wanted to ask you, um, uh, well, I wanted to tell you that people are, are, are starting to type in their comments, so I'm going to read some. So Felipe said hi, uh, Tim said hi, I'm, I'm sorry if it's, uh, it's Tim Balabim, but I, I, I'm calling you Tim, I typed him, I hope that's okay. So Tim Balabim Pixie, he says, love the work you guys are doing, do you have some people working in India at the moment? And uh, well, we replied yes, but... Tom, do you want to say something about the work we're doing in India for Tim, who also wrote that for him, social magic is also bringing a gift to those less fortunate. Magic has been for a high-class society. Vegas shows uh, social magic brings magic and amazement to those that normally would not receive it. I yeah yeah I completely agree. So, do you want to uh, share some? Thank you, Tim. Do you want to share something else about? Are working in India? Who, who, who do we have there? Uh, and, and maybe a story about how, how we got started? 
I I didn't I, completely I didn't, I didn't completely understand what you said, Carlos. Is is there someone uh, listening or watching from yes. India? Well, Tom, uh, we're live on Facebook, so people that are either fans of our page on Facebook or our friends and and are are seeing this live, and some of them are are um, typing in um, comments about this. So. Uh, Tim, uh, who's uh, watching this right now, he wanted to know uh, if we do if, if we have people working in India at the moment. Yeah, um, I, like everywhere in, in the world, unfortunately, at the moment, our program in India, uh, we had uh, two programs going. One. Um, at um, a program for the ch children of commercial sex workers called Prerana, uh, an amazing international award-winning organization, and one in an orphanage for boys. But at the moment, those two programs are, you know, um, suspended because of, you know, the coronavirus. But that that's been going there in India for the last um, eight years, and it's it's been really really wonderful. We collaborate with a wonderful NGO in Mumbai called Our Children, and um, they work with about forty orphanages and other organizations that work with children. And we've done many, many, many performances, hundreds of performances in all parts of India. And uh, India has a very special place in my heart because I have a daughter who's uh, adopted from India and her name is Mirabai. Um, and so India obviously has a very uh, special place for me. Um, oh, great, Tom. Tim is saying that he's, he's, he's Australian and also runs a social clown charity based in India also. So awesome, Tim. I uh, hope we can connect uh, after yeah. this and we can do something uh, together. Uh, later, I wanted to ask you, Tom, uh, you know, for those people that are watching and that may not know, how did Magicians uh, Without Borders got uh, got started? How? What's the you know the the, um, the the initial or the genesis of of it all? Yeah, I would love to hear that 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 story from you. Okay. Um, well, um, in um, two thousand and one. I was going to a meeting in uh, Eastern Europe, in Poland. And through an amazing, strange, magical set of circumstances, I ended up in uh, refugee camps in Kosovo. And it was just at the end of the Balkan War in, in Kosovo. And I ended up doing... 15 shows uh, over about five, six days. 
there. And the very first day I was there, uh, I was driven by uh, some people from the UN, High Commission for Refugees, to a small refugee camp uh, on the border of Macedonia and Kosovo. And it was a refugee camp for uh, Roma people. And uh, they're people that some people call gypsies. They don't particularly like that name. So they're, they like being called Roma people. So I went into this camp with this man from the UN and he said, I'm gonna introduce you to someone who's going to be your guide today. Her name is Fatima. Um, so we went over to this hut and uh, oh, he had also told me Fatima is, knows everybody in the camp and everybody knows Fatima. Uh, and she's only six years old. So I thought, whoa, this will be interesting. So we went over to her house. It was a very simple little place. And we shook on this piece of metal, corrugated metal, probably from the local garbage dump that served as a door for her house. And we rattled on it and she came out and she was this beautiful little six-year-old girl with these big, beautiful brown eyes. And she was with me all day. Uh, I was there about three or four hours. And we did about, I think we did three shows. And if I needed anything, like if I needed a table, which can be hard to find in a refugee camp, or some drinkable water, or certainly a volunteer, because Fatima knew everybody. She just got these things for me. She was just one of these really bright little kids. And she didn't speak English. I didn't speak Roma or Serbo-Croatian, but she just understood what I needed. So the end of the day came and I was, she was standing beside me and there were a few Roma women there and I was talking to them and I said goodbye to them and I turned to say goodbye to Fatima and she was gone. And I turned to the Roma women, I said, where's Fatima? And they said, we thought she was with you. I said, she was, she's been with me all day. Where did she go? And I said, I don't know. You know, and they didn't know. So I said, please say goodbye to Fatima for me. And I felt sad that I wasn't going to uh, get to say goodbye. So I walked over to the car with my suitcase and I looked in and there was Fatima. She was hiding, laying flat on the floor in the back of the car. So I called the Roma women over and they came over and they talked to Fatima and she was a good Roma kid. She took her best shot. Uh, it didn't work, but um, she waved us smiling down the road. So we drive for about 15, 20 minutes 
and we come to a town, we're going by a town called Shutka. And my driver said, life is really difficult in Shutka. There were so many refugees from Serbia in Kosovo at that time. And she said, it's not a refugee camp, it's a town, but it's just swollen, filled, crowded, just awful um, with refugees right now. Let's do some magic for the people in Shutka, he said to me. I said, okay. So we drove in, parked our car, we got out, we set up some boxes, cardboard boxes, uh, like a table, put a cloth over top of it. I put my props on it. And within like 10 minutes, there are like 350 people. So I do the show and it goes over really well. And the show ends and everybody leaves, but a few, four or five Roma men standing beside me. And then this old Roma woman comes up to me. She has this wild head wrap and gold teeth and mirrors all over her dress. And she has in her hand a five dinner Macedonian gold coin. And she drops it in my hand. And she had seen me multiply flowers and sponge balls and all kinds of things. She points to the coin. She says, make more money. I said, oh. So I took the coin. I threw it into my hand. I squeezed it and I opened it. And there was what looked like a big chunk of gold. It was really pyrite, fool's gold, but I offered it to her. And she says, no, 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 money, more money. So I take the five dinner Macedonian coin, I put it in my hand, I squeeze it and open it. And there is a 50 dinner Macedonian gold coin. It's still not a lot of money only like 80 cents, not even a whole dollar. But she was thrilled and I drop it in her hand. She takes it and she walks away, smiling, really happy. Instantly, two of those Roma men together at the same time say, make us visas to America. And I laughed and I looked at them and they were completely serious. They had just seen all this magic. They had just seen money multiply tenfold right in front of their eyes. Certainly, I could do the impossible. So they thought the impossible was possible. I could reach into the air and get some visas to America, and they could realize their hopes and dreams. And I told them I didn't know that trick, but I'd work on it for the next time I came back. So we go on, we do a few more shows. 
And that night I'm staying, actually, I was driven back to Macedonia, to uh, Skopje. And in Skopje, I'm staying in this tiny little apartment with this family. And I'm writing in my journal. I'm thinking, what happened today? It was, as it turns out, it was the biggest day of this part of my life because I didn't know it, but Magicians was born that day. I thought, what happened today? And I realized something. I had been doing magic for 20, 25 years or so. And I realized almost no one I spoke, I performed for that day spoke English. I didn't speak their language. They didn't speak my language but they understood magic. So I realized magic was a universal language. Every part of the world, people understand magic. Magicians basically do three things. They make things appear, disappear, or change. <laughs> they all understand that. But the other thing I realized was, and I thought of that quote from Harry Houdini, that when I do magic, it awakens hope that the impossible is possible. And I said, that's what I saw today. Fatima saw magic. Maybe I can escape from Momen Potok, refugee camp. Those men from Shutka saw magic. Maybe we can, we can go to America and realize our hopes and dreams. So that was when Magicians Without Borders was born that day, because they're the two real cornerstones of Magicians Without Borders. Magic is a universal language and it can awaken hope. So that's the story of how it began. So, I mean, that's that's awesome, Tom. I mean, I've, I've heard that story so many times, and every yeah. time I do it, it's like it's it's the same inspiration, is the same emotion behind it. It's those you can you can you can identify that those moments and the, and how they take the 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 future uh, of what magicians with borders is today. So yeah, thank you for sharing that, Tom. Uh, it's it's amazing. People in the chat are saying that that's exciting. That's beautiful. That uh, it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, I'm seeing here uh, messages from Kami. Thank you for for the for the messages from Kami Dominguez, an amazing magician from Colombia that lives in uh, in Canada. Mario Sierra just joined. Is saying hello. So hello. yes, yeah, that, that story is so cool. It's so good. Uh, I love hearing it. Uh, I, I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. It's just uh, amazing to see. So uh, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, do you know, or, or would you ever have? I have to work on my English. Would you ever have thought? that uh, magicians with borders would be a uh, where it's at right now, meaning like the, the reach that he, ha that he has had? 
No. Well, after I um, came back from that meeting that I was going to in Poland, um, I went back to the university where I was teaching psychology and I couldn't get the experiences that I had doing those 15 shows and all the amazing things that happened in those refugee camps, like the two things I just told you about Fatima and those Roma men. I just kept thinking and thinking and thinking about what had happened to me. So about three months went by mm -hmm. and I went to the head of the psychology department and I asked him, I said, I'd like to take one year of absence from my job, from teaching, and start this organization. I'm thinking of calling it Magicians Without Borders, after, of course, the great Nobel Prize winning organization, Doctors Without Borders. So I was planning on doing this for one year. And it's gone on now for almost 20 years. So it doesn't look like it's ever going to stop. So no, I never imagined it was going to grow and uh, go the way it has. And I'm so happy it has. And I'm so happy I've met you, Carlos, who is such a gift to Magicians Without Borders. And my dream is you will take over Magicians. You out there are hearing this for the first time. This is breaking news. Carlos Lopez, I hope, will become uh, the head of Magicians Without Borders. So now, now, it's <laughs> now it's official. Now it's out there. I I would love uh, uh, to 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 continue the work that you've laid out. Uh, I mean the, the inspiration behind it. Uh, the passion that you that you, that you work uh, with it, uh, how you get more people involved in it, and how inspiring it is. Uh, of course, I would be honored to to take on that role. I'd uh, be thrilled to 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 take to, to continue that legacy. I mean that I I, I couldn't picture myself doing something something differently uh, different, and this would be just an honor. So thank you, Tom. No, I hope so. For saying that, for for making it um, the public and out into the world now. <laughs> okay, great, Tom. So I wanted to ask, um, uh, um, or to 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 take these conversations to to where we are now. Look, so we, we magicians with a border, starting with you having this uh, aha moment when when you performed in the refugee camps. Uh, uh, um, in, in Europe, and then you started doing that a lot. You did it a lot. We, you know, by UN estimates, Magicians with Borders has performed for over a million people in 40 countries. And through that, uh, you started uh, an education, what we now call education chapters, and that uh, we have them all, uh, uh, all over now. But when, how did that get started? Like, when was that? That the shift that started uh, between just performing and then saying, "Hey, let's try and 
and and empower the this youth by teaching. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 2003, January of 2003. I was in uh, El Salvador. I had been invited there by an organization, ASOPROSAR, which is a rural mm -hmm. health organization centered in Santa Ana. And we were, um, we were asked to come. They had these preschools all over um, uh, the, the, that area around Santa Ana, about 25 of them, uh, somewhere between 20 and 25. I think there were like 23, something like that. So we went to every one of those preschools and uh, did a magic show for those kids. And then we came back to Santa Ana. That took us about a week or so to do all those shows. And we came back to Santa Ana. And the woman who ran that NGO, Asa Prasar, her name was Dr. Uh, Guzman. And she said, I have one more favor to ask you. We have a group of children. We call them the barefoot angels. How do you say it in uh, in Spanish? I think it's Angeles Descalzos. Descalzo. And she called them that because they didn't have any shoes when she first met them and they were working in the garbage dump. And she got them out of the garbage dump and their families, and they were now living in houses and going to school. And about 12 of them, happened to be six girls and six boys, were doing very, very well in school, the Angelis Descalzos. So she said, would you, kind of as a reward for them doing so well in school, would you teach them some magic. So I said, sure. You know? So we spent the day and I taught them about six tricks and they really loved learning them and they got up and we practiced performing them and the day was ended and I was just packing up my things and one of them Jaime Zumba, his, they, he called himself Zumba. That was his family name. If my name was Zumba, I would call myself Zumba too. I, a great name. Zumba said to me something that changed my life and changed the direction of Magicians Without Borders. Jaime said, when you coming back to teach us more magic. I hadn't planned on going back. Just like I planned on doing Magicians Without Borders for one year. I was just going to El Salvador for that trip. I had no intentions of going back to El Salvador. So 
Jaime says, when are you coming back? I said, oh, no. And I thought about our schedule. It was January. I was saying, how about if I come back in May? He said, when? Good, good, good. Okay. So I went back. And I've probably now been to El Salvador. I haven't been there in a while, in a, a couple of years. But I've probably been there almost 30 times. We went there for three years, uh, three times every year for at least 10 years. And we held these um, campamentos. We created camps where we would teach magic, art, theater. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine who started an organization called Soccer Without Borders, he would come. And um, we would have a couple hours of, of football a day and magic and theater and art. And, um, and so that's, um, that's how the education started. And now, <laughs> how did these people that went with you, got in touch with you, how, how, how did that come about? Like, how, how did, it, did people get uh, involved in, in going there? How did I get? How did no, that how, get set up? Yeah, how did they get in touch with you so that they would go with you to these campamentos, right? Like, like how would that? Be? Would you? Were you the guy that organized everything, or did, did somebody come to you? No, but um, if you're asking, how did we organize those campamentos, and how did the kids come to the campamento? No, the the. the so the people that, that taught the classes, right? So how, how did the art teachers that went there uh, got, got a hold of it? How did uh, the guy from soccer got uh, a hold of it? So how did the people that went to El Salvador to put on the camps get in touch with you? How? Okay. how no, we, it was um, this NGO called Asa Prasar, which was a rural health organization. It had a number of programs. Its main program was rural health, especially helping people with eye diseases, but, but other kinds of diseases. So they had that. They had those nucleos, <clears throat> those preschools that we went around to and performed. And they had an after-school program at, near the bus um, depot in Santa Ana, a very poor gang, MS-13 infested, difficult area. And the kids after school, like Jaime and Peter and Maricela and all these uh, kids who were in that group that learned magic tricks from me, they went to this place with about 40 other kids um, after school. And they would study there. They take care of the younger kids. They play football. They played games and um, they did this there. So when we came up with the idea of going to uh, someplace outside of Santa Ana, like the beach or a lake of uh, Cotapeque, 
Lago de Cotopeque. We went there for or five days. Asoprosar made it like a reward. Any kids in the after-school program who did really well in school, they could go to the campamento. And we had about 40 children would come to the campamento. But the core group were the magicians. Um, but some kids came and they studied magic, but they weren't, they were just learning a little bit of magic. But the core group, Peter, Maricela, Jaime, Wendy, a whole group of kids, intensive, and we brought some magicians from the United States. We brought uh, a wonderful woman. My wife came and taught art. A friend of mine, Marie Rice, came and taught acting. Um, so does, does that answer the question, Carlos? It's, yeah, it's, it's all about the work that's behind of, of you saying that we, we went there and did a camp, right? But all the work behind it or like before the, the camp, it's something that almost never gets told, right? And you, you never... Yeah, you yeah. Know. Uh, there was the daughter uh, of Dr. Guzman, Lucy, she kind of oversaw the after-school program and the part of Asa Prasar that worked with young people. And then there was a social worker named America who um, helped choose the children and would come out to the camp. And they were really, really wonderful, the campamentos. And they really brought the kids skill and performing abilities to do magic to a really much higher level. Um, and the two magicians who came from the United States, a Dominican uh, American named um, Devante and another friend of his, a magician named Six, Michael Muldoon. They, Devante of course spoke fluent Spanish. So, and he was an amazing magician. Um, they just help bring the level of magic education. And I think um, we wouldn't really have the education programs that we have around the world if it wasn't for the ways in which Devante and Six inspired me. Um, with the work we did together at the Campamentos in El Salvador. Yeah. Awesome. Great to hear those names because, you know, I had the pleasure of meeting them both and, and see what wonderful people they are and, and wonderful uh, magicians as well. They're wonderful. Uh, and, 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 and the impact that that experience left in them, it's something that I'm pretty sure they'll never forget. And it's, it's a driver for what they do now. Yeah. And uh, well, regarding that and, and, and what I had planned, Tim just asked uh, exactly a question that, that, that I had planned a little bit later on, but 
I would love to ask it now. He says, in all of your performances, the team would love to know what was your most memorable moment where you know you made an impact on someone's life that really touched your heart. He says that he calls the, wow. those moments a heart-to-heart -heart moment where you really connect with a huge impact. So, so I know there are a bunch of them. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of one myself, but okay. do you have any comes into your mind? Um, I, I think this occurs to me because I'm, you know, I was just talking about El Salvador and I really miss um, those kids. They're not kids anymore, you know, they're young, young adults. Um, but this goes back to what we said at the beginning is that magic and learning, what I like to say, learning, practicing, and performing magic awakens dreams that the impossible is possible. So a young woman who was in that original group that I taught that day, the day that Jaime said to me, when are you coming back? Her name is Wendy. Uh, Rodriguez and um, Mendez, and she she um, worked in the marketplace, and she sold dried beans for her mother. And about four blocks from the marketplace was a nursing school, and the nurses had to cut through the marketplace to get to the bus stop to go home after, after school, after their nursing classes. And they would walk right by Wendy's little bean stall where she sold beans with her mother. And one day she said to me, she said, you know, I've always wanted to be a nurse, but of course that's impossible for me. And the person who was standing next to me was a friend of mine named Marie. And she had an amazing job in New York City and made a lot of money. And she said to Wendy, she said, I'll pay for your, you to go to nursing school. And Wendy looked at her and it was like amazing. And so Marie set up a scholarship fund that ended up sending a number of kids to school to become cooks or computer technicians or Wendy went to school for five years and is now a geriatric nurse who works with older people and um, bought, built a house for her mother and transformed her entire, it was like a pebble was thrown into a lake and the ripples just went out and changed so many lives. Um, Wendy becoming a nurse. Uh, wonderful, 
wonderful so storytelling. That's that's the first one that comes to mind. And she's still a, a nurse. I still hear from her. She's doing really, really well. But what, let me just say this. This is an amazing part of this story. That woman, Marie, who you met in New yeah. York. Yeah, she hosted us when we went there, yeah. Yeah, she, um, she was working for an executive search company, like placing CEOs in big banks like Lehman Brothers and Morgan Chase, all these big, big banks. And she was making lots and lots of money. But she hated it. She didn't <laughs> like it. And her going to El Salvador and teaching those children at Campamentos acting, because she went to New York originally to be an actress. And she had some success originally, but her acting career just never really, really took off. So she had to take another job at which she did really, really well. She loved the teaching in El Salvador so much that she at 55 years old went back to school and trained herself got a master's degree in education and took a $200,000 pay cut and became <laughs> a teacher in New York. And now instead of making $250,000, she makes $45,000 teaching children with learning disabilities and loves it. So that's another kind of way in which Magicians Without Borders changed someone's life. It's amazing. And she'll say it to this day. I talk to her every week on the phone. And she's so grateful that we invited her to teach acting at Campamento because it changed her life. And, and, and it changed so many lives because she took all that money she was making and set up a scholarship fund and has helped so many of our young magicians go to school. So enough. That's a <laughs> that's fine, Tom. I mean, the stories team is saying that he loved that story. That thank you for sharing it. He loved it. Yeah, and, and yeah I'm thinking that uh, what you said at uh, uh, the last part that that this work that we do and we en enable or we facilitate this spaces where where people from different backgrounds can have a, 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 even either an alternate like an, a life altering experience like Marie did or or, or a very deep experience um, that that can change their, uh, their 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 outlook on life and I think that's that, that's the two ways it's not only a you know the the, the, the kids that that, that that are our students in our education chapters but also, our volunteers are are the ones that uh, that are you know hit the most with with uh, with all this powerful and magical transformation energy from from what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's awesome. So, um, well, Tom, I think uh, we've we've uh, had a very great first uh, talk. This conversations. I, I loved it. Uh, how about you, Tom? How do you 
do you find found this space? I um, it it feels uh, it's always good to remind myself of of uh, what we were doing last night. I did a little show. Uh, almost all our shows were canceled this summer, but there is one place over in the mountains in New York, the Adirondack Mountains, where I still go. Um, I've gone there a few times this summer, and last night um, I was telling um, the audience about Magicians Without Borders, and people just came up afterwards, and it's just so inspiring and to see people inspired inspires me again so telling these stories and um remembering uh all these years um it has been wonderful and talking to you of course is wonderful so thank you very much carlos for setting this up and for and hopefully uh people listening to us um, are inspired also to do whatever you do in your life to make the world a, a better, more just, and a peaceful place. You know? So Awesome, Tom. Yes, I think this is what this uh, spaces are for, the inspiration. Um, it's also when, when I find it, uh, that when we do this kind of work, it's very challenging, and, uh, and, and it's stressful at times, and it's financially unstable and it's it's got all this uh, you know challenges uh, and, and roadblocks on it that when you yeah. try to sit and 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 remind yourself what what has passed what what you've done it's it's reinvigor reinvigorating is that a word <laughs> yeah, absolutely it's a good word yeah <laughs> that you know brings back the the why you do it and you remind yourselves about those stories that are very powerful and questions like the one the teams uh, asked uh, you know bring back this this mentality of that's why we do it and that's why it's important yeah so yeah. i wanted to say thank you tom for this time i hope um i'll see you and hopefully everybody uh, next week where we will talk about something else we will love to talk about uh, our education chapters a little more in depth about what they are, how 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 how, how they, they develop, and but we'd also like to hear from you guys. What would you like uh, us to talk about? Uh, do you have any questions? And uh, yeah, and, and and see if we if we can uh, address those questions or talk about something else. We are gonna have uh, people coming uh, to these conversations. Uh, we're gonna start with our uh, inner circle. We're gonna start with our uh, uh, what we call our head local magicians of our education chapters and then our volunteers and we're gonna keep this going and every time we do this we're gonna we're gonna ask you to please consider uh, helping our work um, we we do this work um, in different parts of the world we have education chapters in, uh, in as we said in India in South Africa in Costa Rica in El Salvador in Colombia we have one that's that's been very uh, challenging challenging to get started in brazil so uh, this work goes a long way 
and we're always trying to find new people to collaborate with and new people to 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 inspire our, our work and to help us do this work in an independent manner and that's why we ask for donations we don't want to be tied up to any um, to anything else but be free to do the work that we think it's valuable and yeah the stories have, have um, we reignited my, my my rekindled my my magicians with a border fire. So I hope that we keep doing this every Wednesday at this same time for about an hour. So again, thank uh, uh, thank you, Tom. Thanks everybody that's been, that that was here with us. So we love doing this. So hopefully we'll see you uh, on the next. Hey, magicians without borders conversations so tom it was a pleasure talking to you see you next week thank you and good night thank you bye bye, bye, -bye.